welcome to our service this morning. I hope you're well and that you've had a relatively good week. Um, as we record the service this morning, it's absolutely beautiful outside with the snow. Hasn't stopped snowing all morning. But welcome this morning to our service. We were meant to be recording in church, but the, the weather has um, put paid to that. Blessed are you, Lord, our God and King of the universe. From the rising of the sun to its setting, your name is proclaimed in all the world. The Lord of glory be with you. The Lord bless you. And we come to our prayers of penitence. And the response is, Lord, have mercy. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. So let us confess our sins. Lord Jesus, illuminate the darkness of our hearts. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to your saving love. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord Jesus, unstop our ears to hear your living word. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we come to the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you. We give you thanks. We praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our prayer, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. We'll now listen to today's reading and we've got it in a, a video, so sit back and enjoy this dramatisation of the reading of John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip. And said to him, Come with me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the town where Andrew and Peter lived. Philip found Nathaniel. We have found the one whom Moses wrote about in the book of the law, and whom the prophets also wrote about. He is Jesus, 
son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said about him, Here is a real Israelite. There is nothing false in him. How do you know me? I saw you when you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Israel. Do you believe just because I told you I saw you when you were under the fig tree? You will see much greater things than this. I am telling you the truth. You will see heaven open and God's angels going up and coming down on the Son of Man. Three encouraging truths about following Jesus from John chapter 1 verses 43 to 51. Number one, Jesus calls us to follow him. If you go into any bookshop these days, and I love a good bookshop, I love going into a good bookshop and having a browse around all the books, you will see that there is invariably in this day and age a big section, shelves and shelves, of books about spirituality. And many of those books are by people who have searched and searched and searched for answers for truth, for a guru, for someone to follow. They've devoted themselves to trying out different philosophies, different spiritual paths. They chronicle how they've tried following this person and that person. They've sat at the feet of great teachers and gurus and preachers and wise teachers, searching and searching for that one true teacher to follow. But it's not like that for followers of Jesus. And we see that in this morning's reading. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, verse 43. Finding Philip, he says to him, follow me. Jesus looks for and finds Philip. Philip wasn't seeking out Jesus at all, it was Jesus who was seeking out Philip. And the real truth is that you and I have not found Jesus. We have been found. Jesus finds us. Does that make us feel a little bit, well, humble? Good. It's meant to. That's the narrative that runs right through the Bible from the very beginning. Here's a, here's a little quiz question for you. Do you know what is the first question in the Bible? The first question that was ever asked in the Bible. Where do you think it came? It's in Genesis chapter 3. And the question is, 
where are you? Where are you? You remember that um, the man and the woman were deceived into eating the fruit from the tree. And they realise at that point their nakedness. They realise that they've done wrong and they try to hide in the garden. They make clothes for themselves and hide in the garden. And God searches for them and asks that first question, where are you? And he's been asking that question ever since. There's a thread running right through the Old Testament and New Testament. God chooses, God seeks, God finds his people. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You did not choose him, he chose you. He chooses us to follow him. And once Jesus finds Philip, he issues a single two-word command, follow me. Follow me, says Jesus. That is what it means to be a Christian. When you break it right down, and people have written huge books about what it means to be a Christian. When you break it right down, it's a two-word command, isn't it? Follow me, says Jesus. Philip is compelled to follow. He leaves everything else behind. His priorities, his work, the things of his life, his possessions, even his family, he leaves behind to follow Jesus. And when Jesus calls us to follow him, he doesn't give us get-out clauses or things that we can kind of do alongside it. It's an all or nothing, isn't it? Follow me. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China of the Victorian era, he coined the phrase, and you still hear it today. And it's still true. He is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. It's a very powerful phrase. Jesus chose us to follow him. And that's my first encouraging truth for uh, this morning. Number two, Jesus calls us to call others to follow him. We notice what Philip did when he first began to understand who Jesus was, when he first began to follow him. Did he join a church? No. Did he get baptised? Doesn't say that. Did he go on an alpha course? Freedom in Christ. Start. Saints alive. No. The first thing he did, according to this passage, is he found his brother, Nathaniel, and told him about Jesus. And that's the first task of any disciple. Once we are called to follow him, and we follow him, we are then to encourage others to also follow him. And so often we think wrongly that we couldn't do that because we don't know enough because we're not mature enough as Christians, because we haven't been a Christian long enough. What if people ask us questions 
and we don't know the answer? What if people mock us, make fun of us? What if people try to engage us in a debate that we are not able to engage in? Well, Philip had just been called to follow Jesus. He hadn't had time for training, for growing, for being given education. He hadn't done a course. He just has a passion for Jesus. He just has a sense, this Jesus, this man is worth following. And because of that, he wanted to encourage other people to follow him. Number three, Jesus chose us to follow him even when it's difficult. Verse 46, can anything good come from Nazareth? Those famous words of Nathaniel, they're so often caricatured. Can anything good come from Driglington? Can anything good come from Gildersum? Can anything come good come from Bradford? People will often say to me, can anything good come from Nazareth? You imagine Philip being full of enthusiasm, full of pep, full of vim and vigour. He goes to Nathaniel and Nathaniel knocks the wind out of his sails. Philip says, come, we have found the one whom the scriptures write about. We've found the one who is worth following, the Messiah, the Son of God. He's from Nazareth. And then that world-weary, cynical reply from Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nazareth was a, a bit of a hick northern town. It kind of was a Bradford. <laughs> And I'm from Bradford, as many of you know. And the reality is that today we are in a world where people are cynical about Christianity. We are met with rudeness often, at the very least apathy about the claims of Christ. And it can be really discouraging. It can knock our self-confidence. But when it happened to Philip. He didn't get into a big debate. He didn't get into theology. He didn't argue with Nathaniel. He didn't sort of, you know, want to justify somehow that Jesus lived in Nazareth. He just says to Nathaniel, come and see. Come and have a look. And that's when it comes to evangelism and sharing our faith. That really is the trick, isn't it? Not thinking that we have to have all the answers, but just that we can say, come and see. We don't need to get knee deep in theological debates. We just need to be honest enough to say, you know what? I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I know a man who does. Come and see. And here's the real challenge for us as churches in 2021. If people do come and see, what will they find? What will they find? Will they receive a warm welcome? Will they get that sense that God is present in that place, 
in this place? Will they come away with a sense that people's lives are being transformed, changed, that something is happening, that Jesus is at the centre of St Paul's and St Peter's? In a nutshell, if they do come and see, will they find God? Will they meet with God? That's the question for us to ponder, to conjure with. And so in this seemingly very simple, quite brief passage, a lovely story about the calling of Philip and Nathaniel, full to the brim with deep, powerful teaching on the very nature of discipleship. Three encouraging truths. Firstly, we did not choose God, he chose us and called us to follow him. Secondly, we are called by him to share that good news with those around us. And thirdly, we must not be discouraged by the attitude of others. We just need to ask people to come and see. Jesus Christ is indeed a saviour to be followed. And the first stage of that is to come and see, to follow him. Philip and Nathaniel and all the others that were called to be those first disciples began a journey, but they didn't become experts overnight. We see lots of examples, don't we, in the Bible that the disciples were very slow on the uptake. Quite a few times, Jesus seems to get quite frustrated by what they didn't know, how slow, he said, you are to understand. But he stuck with them. He stuck with them and they stuck with him. And bit by bit, week by week, month by month, they grew in their understanding, they grew in their faith, and they were to become disciples who would change the world. We see in the book of Acts those first disciples stepping out in the face of great opposition and being the conduit through which the church would grow. And it all started, that lifetime of discipleship started with the simple, follow me, follow me, come and see. Today we follow, today we come and see.
everlasting God, we give you thanks for this new day. And as we focus on the call of the first disciples, may we remember our own calling. May we be filled with joy as our hearts overflow with love for you and all who we meet along our journey. May we walk in your way, live our lives for you, and be mindful of your presence each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we call to mind all the countries where there is war or conflict. We pray that you will look mercifully, mercifully upon the sufferings of the innocent people involved. We pray for our Queen and our leaders in government and council in the UK and leaders all over the rest of the world. Sharpen their consciences and give them the courage to make wise and just decisions in trying to meet the needs of all who worship, all who suffer, especially as the pandemic continues here in our regions and in countries worldwide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we pray today for our friends, our families and our Christian community that, united by our call and connection to the body of Christ and despite being unable to meet as a whole church family, we may be encouraged by all that binds us together in the love of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you today all involved in education, and the service industries as they cope with the difficulties of supplies and homeschooling and transport. We pray for the vulnerable and for the children of key workers, praying that their efforts will be rewarded and that they will cope effectively with all the challenges and changes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we pray for those who face difficulties in their personal lives, all who are sick or in pain with depression or other mental health problems, the bereaved, those with problems in their relationships, in their neighbourhoods and communities, or even in the workplace. Lord, give them a patient faith in their troubles and the knowledge of your love, peace and healing. In a moment of silence, please bring before God someone you are concerned for this morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we remember those whom we love who are no longer with us, whose anniversary falls at this time, and for all who have died recently. We give thanks for their lives well-lived or otherwise, and for all the happy memories we shared. May they find rest in the eternal joy of heaven, and let all who mourn their passing find comfort and peace in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we thank you for making us your children, for feeding us with your spiritual food, and for the promise that you listen to us and answer our prayers. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, we are now going to listen to our last hymn, Oh Jesus, I Have Promised. Wonderful hymn. I always remember that hymn from school. It always reminds me of being at school. So it's got happy memories for me. We come to our dismissal and I pray that you'll have a good week. And as you go forward, that you'll find peace and some kind of joy and satisfaction in your week ahead. May God the Father who led the wise men by the shining of a star to find the Christ, the light from light, lead you in your pilgrimage to find the Lord. Amen. May God, who has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, give us a place with the saints in light in the kingdom of his beloved Son. Amen. May the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Shine in your hearts and fill our lives with his glory and his joy and peace. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. We have seen his glory, the glory revealed to all the nations. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord this week and onwards. In the name of Christ, amen.